I am unashamed. What about you? So, Jace, while you were in Florida uh, last weekend doing your appearance, I was about as far away from Tallahassee, Florida as you could be. Where were you at? Uh, I was in Lewiston, Idaho. Oh, that's right. You, I'll call you. You and I were talking. You know, it's funny, right? You said that. And right after you, we hung up, because you, you were saying about that you had hunted the Snake I've River. Hunted, oh, I've been in Idaho many times. Loved it. Yeah, and so then I found out. So just when you got off the phone, I came to the top of that gorge mm-hmm. where Lewiston's down in the bottom of it on the Snake River, Yeah, which was kind of ironic. I knew you'd bump into the Snake River at some point if you were going to Idaho. And we actually crossed it. So, But what was so incredible is when we were so high up there when we first got, I was like, we're fishing to drive all the way down the bottom here. I mean, it was yeah. quite the little trip down yeah, there. It can be scary. Especially <laughs> I mean, I'm when used you're to... from a place as flat as Louisiana. Exactly. But they were, the people were awesome. Uh, there was a the woman that, uh, it's called the Reliance Center, and it's a pregnancy center. And Lisa and I were speaking at a fundraiser. And they had about, uh, I don't know, 700 plus people at this event. And uh, But I always meet the most, whenever we do things like this, and these women who run these pregnancy centers, are always the most dynamic, innovative, some of the most dynamic, innovative people I ever meet. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. they're usually like this. They're there. They're trying to raise some money and, you know, get more ultrasounds, get more ways. And <clears throat> so th- what they had done is they had, the year before, they had raised enough money to buy a mobile unit. And so it was there for the first time in the back of this place I was speaking and you could walk through it, and it was incredible. It's like a massive RV with like four or five rooms and offices, and in the back of it is ultrasound and all that. So they can take it on the road, you know, to be able to go and, you know, test for uh, STDs and also do, you know, ultrasounds for women to try to convince them, you know, to, to keep their baby or give it up for adoption. And so it was just really a great group of people. And so they had this this hat I'm wearing. They I thought you would like this. They're, they say they're hope dealers because like they like going around and dealing in hope, which I thought was pretty good. So but anyway, they sent you one, too. But I, I told them I'd give them a shout-out <clears throat> because we had such a great time. But let me tell you, Lewis and Idaho from Monroe, Louisiana, is not easy to get to. Yeah. <laughs> so so we had, Lisa and I had major travel issues. I'm halfway to, I had to go to Dallas to be able to get a flight to get near there. Well, you know what's crazy is Phil and I, back in the day, got in a vehicle. Did y'all drive there? And drove. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, Phil? Now, that's it's, old school. It's a hot hole. It's a duck hunt. <laughs> hey, one of the best duck hunting places I've ever been, and good people. Yep. I've done numerous events there myself. Share Jesus. And look, we get a lot of potatoes from there. So, I mean, how could I could live there? I yeah. Mean, I could that Snake River, it, it had a lot of qualities that I really like. It has nothing to do with snakes. No. It's just a snake looking <clears throat> river. It is. And it and it kinda goes, I guess, through you know, where Lewiston is, like I said, it's at the bottom. That's that's gotta be one of the deepest gorges right. in America. Well, and the Snake River in general, a lot of places just shallow. You could just we'd just go around a bend. Throw some decoys out in the Snake River itself. Remember that, Phil? Oh, oh yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, it, it, it was fantastic duck hunting. So they're yeah. just coming awesome. right in there. Oh, oh yeah. it was. And this was years ago when we were we hadn't been. But we went a couple times. Well, here's what was funny. So <clears throat> I'm talking to this lady, um, uh, Heather, who puts it together. And, boy, she's she was so dynamic. When she was speaking before us, you know, Lisa looked over at me and she says, why do, why do we need to be here? I mean, she was that. She was amazing. And, uh, but she was telling me, she said, yeah, we had Jason a few years ago and it was, oh. it was called, it was, and I was like, really? She said, yeah, it was called beards and babies. Beards and babies. Do you, do you remember that? <laughs> it I was, don't, but look, y'all know. I, but a lot of people who were there that I met, cause you know, they have like a, their sponsors, they have like a VIP thing and they were like, oh yeah, we met Jace, you know, when I he was here. I do remember, look, I do remember this. I don't want to embarrass the people there cause I live to tell, tell this story. But one time I did multiple events in Idaho, and, you know, it gets tricky on who's paying the transportation and all that. I have people who handle all this. It's a good thing because you can't even keep up with your Bible. So one event, they sent, because back then we were filming our little duck show, and I wasn't trying to be a diva, but based on time, (laughs) I had no time to to get there, like you said, because it is difficult to get there. Yeah. 
And so they're like, we want you to come. Maybe it was the beards and babies things. I don't know. But I said, well, I have no time. So if you want me to come, somebody's got to send me a private plane. It's not about because I just want to. Because now I mainly go commercially or drive, you know, when I do events. Because I'm not. My driving window is getting bigger every. Yeah, I'm not trying to gorge people out of money, but back, you know, for a private plane. But back then I just had no time. They're like, we want to do it. So they're like, hey, we got sponsors and donors. We're going to make it happen. So, but then, well, when another venue heard that I was coming, they said, "Well, we want you to come," and I was like, "Well, hey, I'm gonna be in. I'm gonna be there anyway, so let's do it." So, long story short, I take a private plane. They send a jet, and I mean a nice one, one of them kind where your head hits the back of the chair when oh, it takes off. It's like a rocket ship. And you look up, and you're like, "Well, I wonder how long this is gonna be." Oh, we're here. <laughs> so, I land. We do the event. So I, I'm, we go back to the airport because now I'm going to somewhere else in Idaho. Idaho is not a big place. Well, this other event, they're like, You're not, we're not paying for our plane to go to your event. To you, they have made other arrangements. So I was like, oh, we got a different jet. No, I'll go over there, and I'm not kidding. It was the equivalent of a crop duster plane. <laughs> it, look, it had actual duct tape. <laughs> Around one of the wings. <laughs> My assistant looked at me, and she's like, you're on your own on this one. I, I, I don't even I'll, know if there's I'll room. meet you there. <laughs> and I thought, you know, can we not work something out? Because yeah, right. I could get in this plane, because I'm looking at the plane that I got here on. Yeah. I'm looking at it. I said, we could be over here in five minutes. <laughs> That's right. I kid you not. Couldn't work it out. Wow. I thought, well. I got to get on this crop duster. And this old boy, I mean, he played the part. You can't make this up. He was like, well, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, this thing had a crash landing a couple weeks ago, but I think I got the kinks worked out. <laughs> Don't be disturbed by the duct tape. And so here's what's funny. That should be like a top ten list of things you never want to hear as you're walking into the plane. Here's the funny part. Or crawling of, in. Here's the funny part of this story. It took me longer to get from one city in Idaho to another in that crop duster than it did for the jet to pick me up from West Monroe, Louisiana and get me there. It was just, and we're just moving and bouncing. And and I was so happy to be alive. I think it's one of the best speeches I gave because I thought, I almost experienced the resurrection just yeah. on the way over here. Guess what, folks? I just beat death. <laughs> so, so man, ha- I got back on the crop duster, got back to the the jet, and then I got on the jet, and they took me home. And so you, I, as, that was my next question. So you had to go back to the jet. Then I had to repent because I chewed out <laughs> my assistant who set this whole thing up. I'm like, if this ever happens again, you need to make sure – that when we have a jet just sitting there, we work something out. That's right. Where once, because once you're on the jet, you do not go get on a crop duster. <laughs> That's right. During these proceed, work it out. Even if I'm paying for the time for the jet to go. Right. I mean, because it just it was it was scary. But I thought, you know, you can't you can't go around and want to share Jesus, and not. <laughs> Just go with what what happens, and we survive. Apostle Paul had numerous wrecks of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we made it, and I mean, it was. Well, and that's what I was. I mean, like to me, we went through all we all these headaches because Lisa and I have figured out doing commercial travel how to do it. The where we're the most comfortable to get there, time wise, we're not in a pinch. And, And unlike Jace was talking about. Back when the show was going on, we have less restraints, <clears throat> so I can go in a little bit early, or I can stay over. Not a big deal. Didn't Paul write about you know the, the ship broke into? I mean, he oh he has a whole all this I mean, stuff on was driftwood, cross, whatever. Yeah, you know, all this stuff was crossing my mind. My my thought was, let's get a bus, <laughs> or let. Yeah. I thought, I just don't feel too good about getting on this thing. It has duct tape on it. He's like, well, I thought you loved duct tape. I was like, I love duct tape, but not on my. The wing of the plane. And plus, let's have a talk about television versus me crawling on a, on a plane. Hey, I got on it. I did it. I, there's been two or three times in my travels where I've gotten on a plane, and I thought, well, this is where it all I had the same this thing. Is, so Philip, I was doing an appearance with Cy, 
but I was in Tyler, Texas. We were going to Mississippi. And so Philip said, I got a plane lined up because we were, again, we had time constraints because we had to do this other event. I didn't have time to, the commercial wasn't going to work. He said, oh, I got it worked out. I got, there's a plane, I'll pick you up. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm assuming a King Air, whatever stuff we plow. Same deal. I walk out there and I look at it and it's me and Lisa and Anna was with us. And he said, yeah, we got just enough room for three. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, what have we done? Yeah. And I said, how long is it going to take? He said, three and a half hours, which I can drive to Monroe from there. Yeah. It's the same deal. We get in that plane. Well, about two and a half hours in, I got to go to the bathroom. Well, there's no bathroom. So I was like, Anna, turn your head. I got, you know, we're just going to have to figure something out in this plane, me and your mom, because I can't wait another hour. Yeah. This is going to be embarrassing. That's kind of a rookie move when you get on those planes. You got to at least empty the... Yeah. Well, you got to understand, Jason, I'm, I'm not a young man anymore. <laughs> in three and a half hours is a long time in between pit stops. I'm like, Si, it's, a, you know, as much as the water as I drink, you know, I'm like a race car. I'm like a fine-tuned race car, a lot of pit stops. I told you before, it's like Jep, but it's not because you're old, because Jep is the youngest of the brothers. And since we've been doing this show, he just basically goes with me and my truck everywhere. Yep. I mean, that's his plan. Right. Uh, hey, you Does he even have a vehicle here? Well, he has one, but he's never in it. But we have all our gear and what's okay. it got in there. But, I mean, look, every I, I might have shared this on previous podcasts, but I'm telling you, it, when he wakes up in the morning, hopefully after he says his prayers, it is all <laughs> when the first bowel movement is going to take place. That's all he thinks about. And I get in a vehicle with him, and he just seems combustible because he's like, I don't know, I don't know. And I was like, you don't know about what? I don't know if I can make it. I mean, you might have to pull over. You know, I'm looking around. So after a while, I thought, this is funny. He just ate something bad. But no, this is every day of his life. He wakes up, and we got to get that squared away before life can continue. Well, we I already have that. Look, we know how. Look, I, I, trouble. So when Jessica showed up this past week, I don't know why. All this emotion and everything we've been through the last few weeks just poured out. When she walked in, I just went over there and I just thought, you're you're just an awesome person. <laughs> I am so sorry for everything you've had to endure. And we started laughing. She said, this must be something about Jeff's bowels. I said, that is exactly what this is. I said, that poor boy. And you would never know it. With you would never I, know it if you weren't like living with him like it is first now. Two hours of his life every morning is figuring out where the exit so, strategy is going to happen, <laughs> so we can continue with. Life. Well, we've already talked on a previous podcast about how meatloaf affects it. So now he's on the no meatloaf thing. Look, so we came back from look. Well, this. he's close to the trusty woods. <laughs> so, Dad, does he get that from you or from Mom? This voucher for me, because <laughs> Dad can count on one hand. Yeah, how many well, times he's been up. So look, here's what's funny. So we just finished that. We have a week off now from filming, uh, and so when I was coming back home, I was like, "We," I said, "Babe, are you cooking anything?" Because we were out of town, obviously, and we're driving back. She's like, "Well, I was thinking meatloaf," and I said, "Oh no." <laughs> Because <laughs> she was saying that that means she's already begun the process. You don't just whip that up. No, that's a process. And, and uh, she's like, I was like, I have Jep with us. And Jep's like, but I have a week off. And I was like, oh, we're good because Jep has a week off to deal with this. So he's in. <laughs> well, the last time we talked about it, we all got so tickled. So when that episode dropped, as one of our listeners, it's either Lisa or Lisa. I'm not sure. It's L-Y-S-A. She sent me, the, the title of her email was, You Made Me Pee in My Pants. Oh, about the meatloaf. <laughs> and I was like, I I've never gotten is. an email that said that before. Well, we have noticed, because the, the night after we ate that again, it we had the same problem the next day. I even got involved in that process, and I thought, man, it's so good. But I guess it's just when something is so good, yeah. rich, there's always a consequence. <laughs> so, but it. we decided to eat a lesser portion than previously yeah, yeah. i think that's always it really didn't help but i thought we thought it was but i mean jeff i didn't see him for two days after that so, and i and when he came in i said i don't want to hear about it <laughs> let's take a break so we know that uh that men become sensitive over losing their hair 
It's just kind of a common thing, and, and the younger it happens to you, the, uh, the tougher it is. Do you, do you understand that? Can you relate to that? Not really, but <laughs> I'll believe the data or the poll that said that. That's right, because Jay still has a lot of hair. He's got to wear a hat just to keep it all contained. But a lot of people, you know, male pattern baldness, it's a genetic thing, and so, you know, you start losing it early. Our uh, One of our longtime sponsors, Keeps, and we appreciate these guys for supporting our podcast, um, they have a, a hair loss treatment that can improve hair growth, but you got to start early as when you start losing it. Cause once it's gone, they can't do anything to get it back. All this is about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy. So you can save some money by going with these guys. Uh, they have quality expert care. There's a doctor that makes sure that, you know, everything is, is as it should be. So check them out. If you're losing your hair, especially if you're younger and it's just starting uh, go to keeps.com slash door. That's K-E-E-P-S, keeps.com slash door. And they're going to give you 50% off your first order just for checking them out. <laughs> that's funny. Well, um, yeah, so I guess that's the travails. Is this of the segue into a deeper understanding of something that's supposed to be spiritual which well is i'm the trying Lord's to figure something. out how to do that how to make that well move. look it's not uncommon they were in first corinthians 11 they were taking the physical attributes of having a meal together and what was happening yeah they were eating too much and they yeah. were abusing i mean you would think that people are getting together to celebrate the lord and it became a glut of gluttony of food and a total disregard to what this represented in that a loving bond between each other a fellowship because jesus is your lord and now let's have this moment where we're remembering the lord jesus christ until he comes which has been one of the greatest inspiring motivational factors of my christian life is when when i'm taking the bread and the drink the cup to represent Jesus and doing this self-examination, which is really is what this is. Well, it's about. funny because yesterday at WFR, <clears throat> I preached yesterday, and um, Phil Geiger, uh, long, you know, longtime friend and brother, was doing our communion talk because you know he used to have a little talk and then he prays for when we take communion, and he did great. I mean, Phil's such a good guy, and his stuff was really good. But it's funny because I he's my accountant, and he's I guess he's yours and mom's accountant too. And uh, I was thinking as he was going, I thought, man, I am a blessed man to have the man that's standing between me and the IRS be this godly and love the Lord. You know, I mean, I thought, what a what a blessing. Yeah. Because that's a you know in that position, you want that guy to be top notch because he can yeah. cause you a lot of a lot of harm if he yeah. doesn't do his job correctly. But that was just I was thinking about that because he was talking about communion about that idea of unity together, you know, which is Well, that, that 20, I mean, there's a twofold meaning going on, which is why we brought up the love feast at the hell, which I wish we would bring back. I mean, that's why I like the idea of people getting together in, in small groups just to hold Well, before COVID, that's what dad and mom were doing yep. where they are. They were having a brunch, a meal. A love feast. Yeah, a love feast. And and some of the people that are participating in that meal is probably about the only good meal they're going to get all week because these are there's some homeless right. folks. It does there. help the homeless. There's right. a lot of good things that happen when you get together, especially in the name of Jesus, and have a meal with other people. Yeah, right. and then Dad, <clears throat> the time I was there, he would just stop and say, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna." take a second here and, and and then somebody usually would say a few words and you know describe why we're doing this and then they would participate in the lord's supper and then they go back to where they were going and then eventually i reminded our our brothers sisters i said look i said when you see human beings eating together and praying to god together that's together yeah i said nothing else will do right do you do, do do they eat together? You say they eat together. You say do they pray together? You say they pray together. You say they're together. That's why you can't have black churches, white churches, that kind of stuff. Right. Which still goes on in America. We need to get past that. Yeah, I agree. So we need to come together. Everyone, don't worry about all this, the color, where you came from, your ethnicity. We're not worried about all that. We're followers of Christ. We're coming together. We're going to have a meal together, and we're going to thank God for the meal, 
and we'll love each other. I said, when you do that, you're together. But uh, nothing else will do. I agree, Phil. You're part of the most diverse church I've ever witnessed. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, I mean, which to, to, I mean, to that credit, when you love all people and you try to be Jesus in this world, which is what he did. He broke that's down why the all Lord's the barriers Supper, and walls. Yeah. You know? The yeah. Lord's Supper is right in the middle of it. Yeah. Because it's the reason we're all together. Yeah. Jesus well, died for the sins I- of the world. Right. It was his idea, not us. That's I mean, right. he when he came together and introduced it, I noticed when Paul said that in 23, he said, for I received, for I, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And then a real fascinating verse, because when you think about this from a worldly viewpoint, this doesn't make sense. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I don't think there's, there's no other being that you can proclaim their death until they come. Because <laughs> if he was dead, how could he be coming? Right. Yep. What? It's an this is a verse that the world needs to get their head wrapped around. Oh, wait a minute. You're proclaiming the Lord's death in memory of him. No, we're proclaiming it, yeah, in memory of him, but until he comes. Yep. Yeah. He's not dead. Just to tell you a true story, uh, we've been there, I've been there about a couple of years. When I first got there, you say, uh, how close was it? One remains hungry. We had plenty of that coming from our congregation. Another gets drunk. So when we first started there, you could always smell liquor when you got together. Yep. Pretty small place. There's 50 people there. And, you know, started out about 10. But now, you know, we're up to about 100. But anyway, a lot of people have been converted from there, gone from various states in the United States. But we, we could smell liquor for about the first year yep. when you got on the scene. So it was like somebody has been getting drunk yeah. because I can smell it. Yep. And Miss Casey, well, you know, we, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you know it's pretty strong because you don't smell so That's well. That's right. After anymore. two years being together, we no longer smell liquor. Now, someone said, well, why would you bring that up? Because at Corinth, one remains hungry and another gets drunk. I'm trying to wrap my head around (laughs) getting drunk on Sunday morning (laughs) when you're supposed to remember Jesus and the blood and his body. (laughs) From the wine. I I just looked around and said, well, we got a ways. We're going to have to be patient here. There are a lot of scholars, you know, they're like, well, that can't mean drunk, but. Yeah. Try to come up with ideas. Even McGuigan, it was like, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's what drunk. Means, I don't know what you know? it means. Apostle Paul said <laughs> some get drunk, but I know some are not getting drunk. You like, well, yeah, they, they have maybe. trouble because his his exhortation was them for them to don't you have homes to do this? Right. In? So See, we have little bit containers. They didn't want to say drink well, at home. Well, don't drink at home. That well, it's wrong to get drunk anywhere, which is true. So it can't mean that. So what can it mean? But I think it's one of these common things where if you start trying to get into the weeds too much, you miss the point, right. which is they were abusing because they were not looking at the at who. They were not, they were not looking at who should be glorified. The wine the represents purpose. the blood, and they were in Bible. They were, they were heavy on the wine. Yeah. Well, that exactly. tells you right there that you say the hearts weren't right. Right. They were, they were disrespecting what was going on here, disrespecting well, I mean, the Lord. Well, you remember on the Sermon on the Mount, I mean, he's like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yep. Not, he's, and you remember the feeding of the 5,000 and 4,000. What what happened there? It was a feast where Christ showed his love. Right. But it was around a meal. This was a shadow that would, I mean, he knew the one thing human beings have to do in order to maintain life on the earth is eat. Yep. And when you come together, he I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of meals. Right. And so 
how your spirit is and how that can be used to who is providing for you. That's why in the first Corinthians 10 where it said uh, they were given, you remember with the manna and yep. the quail that we talked about. Yep. It's a common theme throughout the whole Bible. God is the, he is the provider for life. We have yep. the means to breathe and to eat and to sustain life. Well, he's given us all that. Well, then you have these there special... And the meal is there. So the meal is delivered by Gimber, my nephew. So we pay him to provide a meal for the brothers and sisters on Sunday morning. So he brings the meal in. Yesterday he came in there and it, it, he's got it in paper bags, you know, and then in styrofoam, whatever. Yesterday he had rice and there were beans and 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 uh, pork cooked. So he had uh, made pork. So when I got home, I just put it in the back of my car, my truck, when I'm sitting there in the parking lot. So he handed it to me, and I just handed. It. So I ate the same meal that the homeless were eating. Yeah. Right down there, they were all gathered eating that. But he had it ready for them. As soon as they walk out the door, they go right there. There's a meal. We've already stopped everything. No meal involved. But we partook of the blood of Jesus, the wine and the bread, and. Yeah, well, they, <clears throat> they changed your, your method because of COVID. You know, they didn't have the big buffet, but now they, but you still provided a meal yeah. every time. Let's take another break. So one of the things that I've discovered as I'm getting a little bit older is that life insurance is important because I, I can, I'm beginning to, the finish line is beginning to appear uh, a little closer than it did when I was younger. You want to take care of those who are left. Exactly. No, I want I want Lisa to not have to worry. I'm assuming I'll go first. I don't want her to have to huge struggles. And so one of our, uh, our sponsors is a group called Policy Genius, and that's just one word. And they're not an insurance company. They're a broker that helps you find cheaper life insurance. So that's that's their what they do to help you out. You go to policygenius.com slash fill. You're going to answer a few questions, and in minutes, they're going to find out what you need and start comparing quotes. So you could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. They've got licensed agents. They're there to help you. Uh, you can trust these guys. They don't add extra fees. They don't sell your info to third parties. And they've got a lot of really great reviews from people. So check these guys out, policygenius.com slash fill. Get your free life insurance quote and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash fill. Check them out. Well, the problem I see with this is all these churches are arguing about how often you should do it and what should be the method the, of, the, yeah. like, can it be grape juice? Can it be wine? Oh, no. You know, and then people are like, you don't want to have wine because then people, they'll get drunk. And so they try to prevent it from the other way around. I mean, he, Paul's main mission was to keep putting Jesus at the center and him, that that is the the filter that you make all decisions through when your meetings are coming together. Right. I mean, he's going to clearly say that when he gets to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 3, which I love that verse when he says, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I mean, you're like, what is his point? That's That's our declaration. You're just getting together. You're coming for the food. You're right. coming to gorge yourself. You could be doing the same thing in another day of the week. In other words, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Yeah. Whenever. You, you're like, so and we talked about that, how that <clears throat> different groups have different ways that they, and times that they do it, which is fine. I mean, we, I like it <laughs> once a week, but, you know, some churches I even made up, they do it like once a month or once, once every a quarter, couple of weeks. Yeah. Or, but. I mean, I just think you should do it. I'd rather do it more than less Yeah. just because I think it's important. But, but the more you do it, the more it becomes a ritualistic. It can be. That's and you right. forget about Jesus. Well, when and we does. talked about it. It's hard to be creative with it. What's interesting to me about it, Jess, you mentioned about the, the um, going back to the Old Testament. You know, the, the neat thing about the supper is that, you know, he was going back to Jesus doing it on that last Passover meal. That that was the setting, remember, for the Last Supper. Right. It was the Passover meal. Well, it was the last Passover meal because he is now the lamb to be sacrificed for all time. But then you go all the way back to Exodus, 
I think it's what Exodus 12 or 13, where 11 and 12. And the very first Passover meal, the idea was is that it took blood to be able to be passed over to be saved. And so it's intend, the same concept. He didn't intend for it to be misused, be uh, get out of control. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. That that the, the, the very blood he's thinking about when you're drinking the blood of Jesus and the, to you, the wine or the juice is the blood. Well, you need to take that seriously because anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why many of you are weak, yeah, sick, look. number of you falling asleep. He said, y'all, you're not remembering what went down on the cross and the resurrection. Well, and how you're and treating each to, other. I and mean, how you're treating each other. That was his key because we know that's the context. Is he saying, when he said, remember the body of Christ, he meant the people around you. Yeah. That is the body of Christ. Human beings have a penchant, and that's for getting off the rails. Yes, Look, it's scary. That's just, this is a scary verse because it went 32. It, it says, when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. I mean, if you, if you, I, that that's why I say, when you claim Jesus as Lord, you're surrendering. You're surrendering, you're giving up your rights, and you're taking this and you're remembering the transformer. Instead of, you're not making so big a deal about your transformed life that it becomes about you again. Right. Which, look, you see that in the church. I mean, even people give their testimony. I've yep. seen people get up and they spend the whole time talking about how they changed their life. And they never get around to who did the changing. I make it's it like, a habit. You, you've missed this. I make it a habit when I'm drinking the blood and I'm partaking of the bread of life. It's a serious moment for me because I'm thinking, whew, you know, Lord, help me never forget what went down for, for on my behalf. I'm thinking you, you just need to eat and drink recognizing that you were bought at a price yep. and a high one. Right. And this is the moment you need to remember it. I thank God in his grace and mercy did a wonderful thing when he instituted the Lord's Supper. Yeah. yeah I really he did. did. But I also think it's a scary thing when you're sitting there going through the motions thinking you're faking God or you're taking juice and cracker and you're not, you don't believe that Jesus is Lord, you're perhaps bringing judgment on yourself and you may become weak, sick, or dead Yeah, because of that. And he's like, I'm only disciplining you that so that you'll, you won't be condemned with the world. I'm trying to get your attention. Right. So well, a lot of the things that you that, partake of it, you look over there and you say, I can't stand that guy over there. You, you, you're, you're missing the point. Yeah. Jesus died for him, both of you. Well, what was so there? You better be thankful yeah. that that brother is seated there. Don't be condemning someone else as you eat and drink. This is a moment when you say you need to have a little little blood check. Well, their underlying problem that we've read over and over was they were divided. Divided. There were divisions. Yep. And they were, when you're supposed to come together for a love feast and you're, you don't like half the section for whatever reason of your yep. church, and then you're now drinking the representation Bad of Jesus thing. who died for everyone. Yep. It, the, you don't, don't go see down the, that road. You don't see the contrast in here. Right. So then, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you you come down with some ailment because you're <laughs> you're not your heart is not right. You're not examining yourself, and you're not acknowledging who Jesus is and what He represents. And then you're then you're griping because God won't save you. And all of a sudden, you're praying that He'll heal you because right. you're still saying this is about me. Yeah. I mean, you think about some of our prayers. You know, it's like. You, we save that sometimes only to pray when we're at the bottom of the barrel. Right. Yeah. If we judged ourselves, verse 31 there, if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. So you better just work on your own life. You're staying before you and your God, Jesus, and how you got there. Saved, your sins are removed, you're guaranteed to be raised from the dead. You need to uh, demonstrate that when you come together. And, and he did bring up just common manners in 33 when he said, my brother, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. If anyone was hungry, he should he should eat at home. So they were just, and look, I've seen this, especially when you know, I'm having a meal and people over and it's a non-Jesus event, but I've seen it in, in Jesus events too 
where people are just being rude and you know, not being courtes- courtesy and not showing courtesy just about, you would think. I mean, I don't want to just get the entire half of the that's pot when there's 27 people behind me. <laughs> I've you know? seen it before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, and, and even just, I think, just, and then eating it and just, you know, putting so, your plate on the floor. <clears throat> through the years, let's take a break. Through the years, Mom... You know, because mom was responsible always through the years of any of our home group meetings, we'd have food. But you, you'd have people that all of a sudden you watch them a week or two, and I mean, they're being rude. They're they're yeah. taking too much food, especially the first run through. So mom piling <laughs> up their plate too high. So yeah, so mom would take a station by the food, and she would either serve it or she'd be, oh, 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 which is nope. really sad. To me. <laughs> I know you have to do that <laughs> in our society. So, I love it when my mom or my wife, like my buddies, will be over and they'll leave their dishes laying around. I mean, she, my wife, she will come in there and light you up about that. <laughs> now I fix you a big meal and you eat it, and then you just think I'm just you can't walk twelve feet and put it in the sink. They're looking like shame's what in the world? I was like, she doesn't like rudeness in there. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't gonna tolerate she, it. She's saying that because she loves you, but but I think they're right on that. I mean, you know, when you're when you go to someone's house and there's a bigger picture involved, you're representing supposedly an unselfish being because of who you are in Jesus. Al, if you saw the individuals who has gone through our kitchen, <laughs> that right. little little shack we got on the side of the river over there. Right. If you saw the amount of food that has been cooked. On someone else's behalf, how big a hill would it make? <laughs> It'd make a big one. <laughs> a lot of food. But I but I love it because mom's deal was she just took it, again, as the matriarch, and this is my kitchen. I'm just going to – she she didn't allow what was happening here to happen because she was just like, no, we're not going to do that. But, look, you got to remember people you bring to Christ. A lot, a lot of them don't a know. A lot of the parents haven't trained them. They didn't teach them any manners. That's and, right. You know, our wives and our mom, they they, and they have a way to do it that's non-offensive. And because, uh, like I said, I've seen my wife a hundred times say, "Now look, I realize your mom didn't teach you this. I mean, these are grown men. She's yeah. saying this to you, yeah. too. But we don't, we don't get that much when there's a long line. She'll just flat out tell us. <laughs> right. I mean, to. there's there's a concept of other. Do you people. think of that with a woman's role and the way it all operates, and you got godly women doing the cooking? Just think about the time it takes to do all the cooking before you get it out there yeah. as they walk by, you know, depending on how big the crowd is. Right. But you always have to have more than you thought because the crowd tends to get a little bigger when there's right. a meal. Well, and there's little the time I said, there's a fish fry for my class. <laughs> I announced that, and I thought, I said, I got about 40 people here who yeah, are I coming. But, that but thing they, quadrupled. When, that th- when they heard free fish, I looked up. I said, I better have some in reserve. That was a big yeah, – You know what that – we ended up class feeding, turned into a church. Oh, it was 200 showed up. Well, the reserve was you telling me, go run some more nets. Me and you both. Some more net, go run some more nets. Go clean some more fish. We were cleaning fish. But see, because we didn't have the, the Jesus power to just reproduce it, you know, out of thin air. We were – That's right. But you had these conversations because you don't want any distractions of the – big picture which is you know getting off the planet alive and putting our faith and trust in jesus but even little things like we were taught at an early age mainly by our grandparents i guess but like if you have more people than you had seats whoever yep. were the youngest get out of the seat oh i mean like my you know grannies would be like do you not see these adults yeah. standing around? Move. Get your butt out of that chair and get on the floor. That's how she did it in love. <laughs> She'd say, no, nah, I love you, but don't ever do that again or I'll whip your butt. So I'm like, when somebody walks in who's older, That's right. I realize you, you get – you gonna go last in this line, and you're gonna sit on the floor. You remember, you remember Paul, what his method was. He said, "Don't make me thump your gourd." Yeah, <laughs> boom! Well, he, he gave just, me the old thump on the he head. He grabbed you by the ear. He's like, "Hey, yeah. look around, wake up!" <laughs> but all this stuff that we were trained to do, you know, people are not used to that. But when you get together with people and you're bringing people in the Lord, 
A lot of them are new Christians. They've never had any training. Right. You got broken homes, and you have to have these conversations. And if you don't do anything for a long period of time, you got this situation. Yeah, yep. it. You were like, well, I can't tell what's the difference between what's going on on a, in a bar watching the Super Bowl, which whatever their equivalent was back then, and our meeting together in the Lord. Ain't no difference. Everybody's going for one person, me. I'm going to get as much as I can eat, or I'm going to get drunk, and I'm going to have a good time. And they missed the whole point of what they were doing. I noticed it on I noticed it on airplanes now, because it you know air travel is never comfortable anyway. Because I mean you're getting on you're crawling in this tube, and and going across the sky at five six hundred miles an hour, it's just not comfortable. People don't like it. Well, and those it, little planes, you're just right next to a person. You're, you're bringing squeeze. up a sore subject. I just got off. <laughs> no. Look, I'm telling you, when I walked out of that airport. I, I I pictured uh, Mel Gibson with the blue face. Freedom! I, I took my mask off and I went freedom. <laughs> and I looked around and people were looking at me weirdly. I was like, yes, I made it. Oh my! No, I get goodness. it. It's, and then the mask now has made it more. But here's what I noticed, Jay. I I look for. And, and there's a huge lack of just common courtesies with people. Like, we're all stuck oh, wow. in. The, Everybody's angry. Yeah. Look, now there's no food or drink. And look, I was in first class. No food or drink. Yeah. You sit down, you shut up. Everybody's and keep that mask over your angry. nose. You have your mask on the whole time. Nobody engages you. I mean, except a few people that recognize you. Like, hey, can we take a picture? But, <laughs> oh, don't take that mask off. <laughs> Guys, you're seeing yeah. the collapse of an empire. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, so, but what I gets mean, look, me, though— it was, it was very—I mean, it's just so sad to see. But I notice how people, like, somebody's, like, there's people, a little ladies trying to get her bag up, and, and people just sit there. I mean, I, it's the little things like that I noticed. It because like, you got to stay six feet away. I, I mean, know. Still, look, I saw no difference this past weekend than any time. I mean, you had to have the mask on the whole time. They were— they were policing the social distancing, and but just everybody seemed grumpy and angry. And I was like, "Man, do they need the joy of the Lord in this?" Oh, moment? that's what so I, I thought. see opportunity. Which, which is what I try to do. Let's take our last break. I try to think. Okay, my role here is to be Mr. Sunshine. I'm gonna. I want to be friendly to the staff, and even if the flight attendants, because they're grumpy too. You know, they're living this life like all the rest of I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to make sure somebody brings a little joy mm-hmm. into this little hellhole called commercial air travel. Yeah. And that's what I do. Because look. I try I, to help people with four, their bags, I went go four, in front of me. I went four legs, four flights. So one of them, they <clears> gave <throat> us drink and a snack. And I thought, why didn't the other three? Because it was the same airline. Mm-hmm. And I figured out why. Because the that's on the attendant, the right. flight attendants where they're using this situation as a way. Just they're just sitting up there on their phone. I mean, th- <laughs> so three of my flights, they had no presence whatsoever. <laughs> One flight, you had people saying, "Despite you still we're want all to try wearing to a make mask, this comfortable, yeah." Here's some water and some nuts. <laughs> it's something, you know. <laughs> and I said, "Thank you very much." <laughs> Because I thought, well, how come the other three? Missy helped me realize, like, the other three didn't do that. And she's like, because they're using the situation. Mm. They're getting, they're not going to give you anything. They could do that. But nobody, they're like, I'm not getting within six feet of you, even (laughs) though you got a mask. Even though we're all together on a flight. That's right. I mean, I got a newsflash for you. You think this is bad? We used to have smoking on airplanes. (laughs) And look, these fools would say, do you want smoking or non-smoking? That's right. That's right. What kind of question is that? If one person is smoking, We're I, all smoking. I now have smoking. We're in a capsule where I'm just like, everybody's twisting the dials now. Can right. you imagine when we got eight people in the smoking section the smoking back there? Just, I'm like, but no, you're going to get a non-smoking seat. For some reason or another, I don't know why. Ladies and gentlemen, but I've not been on a commercial flight in many years. Did they have smoking and non-smoking sections back when you were on there? I still, I no some idea. of these planes I'm on, they still have that up there. Yeah, yeah, you know, no smoking. Uh, no smoking. 
Or like, no, don't, no. you can't smoke in the bathroom. I mean, you know why I thought of this? is because we were in the airport in, in Tallahassee. It's like 6 o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. And this, uh, may I have your attention, there is no smoking. I thought, I think we got this. I looked around. <laughs> Nobody's smoking. We, <laughs> come on with something else. We've, I think we, we've we, conquered You think we've mastered that? There might be one person living in a cave for the last 20 years who realized, oh, you can't smoke in an airport anymore. So, so we get on the so flight. Are, are, we, are we surprised but, after flying around on airplanes and seeing the, the system as it works? Are we surprised that uh, in the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. <laughs> That's right. But my point is, Phil, so so now Ooh. 20 years later after I thought we won this, do you know what the flight attendant, she didn't start off saying you got to wear a mask. And you gotta, it's like there is no smoking allowed, or the, and there's like a long list of things, or any form of cigarette smoke Tobacco. whatsoever. Yeah, you, can't dip. you can't go to the bathroom and light up a cigarette. I'm paraphrasing what she said, and I thought, they're still on this? <laughs> then we get to the Which now. Which probably the means COVID. there's some fool that's tried it, I guess. No, I mean. but Al, what it hit me was that this is not going away anytime soon. We're still... We conquered that thing 20 years ago. I hadn't seen anybody smoke. Jace, are you, are you uh, trying to put forth to the audience that there could be, in these United States of America, a uh, love deficit? Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it. No, cause... I'm just saying be prepared to wear the mask for the next 10, 15 years because once they get on something, because what they're you're not about getting off of it on the airplane. It comes down to love God and love your neighbor and... We're having a hard time fulfilling those couple of well, you know, the, admonitions the, from the, the greatest commands in the Bible. Love God and love your neighbor. You're like, are we doing it? We said, no. The United line for their marketing of their of their business is fly the friendly skies. And I thought, not really friendly. Nope. No. Not, not getting a lot of friendliness here. Look, look, the airport was packed and you want to go. But, I mean, man, I'm like, these people really want to go somewhere bad. But, hey, there I was with the herd. Well, me too, because I mean, I was going to Idaho. I, I was, I, you know, I didn't have time to drive out well, there. You know what's crazy too is now no one sits beside each other unless you're family. Right. So now we now have half the seating capacity that we once had. So everybody's sitting on the floor because you cannot. It's it's now socially unacceptable to just go park it, in between make two it people. Your ambition to live a quiet life, to mind your own business. Work hard with your hands so your daily life will win the respect of outsiders so that, and this is a good one, including airport personnel, you won't have to be dependent on anybody. Front and center is, is flight attendants and their... It's like you're reading that verse angrily. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just reading the Bible. His dad hasn't been on a commercial flight in years. Oh, but We like just that. brought it all up. It is, I it just is. read that text and said, well, flying up the friendly skies is I think we brought it up because I was trying to be positive flying the whole the hateful, time. the hateful Because it was a flights. good event, you know, but you just get in the world and everybody's so angry and i mean because they're so uncomfortable we can't breathe we can't be near each other people just going off over you just they get what mad. is it every other day there's a video from a plane somewhere where they're fighting and scrapping and, and slapping it's, each it's other really not the personnel anymore it's just there's certain people who if they see a person with their mask off for if they eat a peanut <laughs> And don't put the mask back on while they're gathering another peanut. And that person walks by, the mask police, who's just a person, a human. They just light into this person. Strangely enough, I've never worn a mask. I, I did when I was <laughs> playing Roy Rogers when I was about five years old. We had masks on, like, who's the crooks? Yeah. But uh, You were I, the I, bandit. And right? I've heard, I've never uh, talked to a person who had a mask on. I've never talked to an individual and they had a mask on trying to talk. Well, it's, it's happening every day, Dad, everywhere That's what else. It's what we do. But, you know, and it was so brutal about it is you can't hear each other, which, by the way, is another reason why the flight attendants don't want to serve you. They, you can't hear them, and they can't hear you. So you're talking the whole time. You drop the mask down so they can read your list. Put yeah. your mask back up. It's like, yeah. 
how are we going to communicate that's, here? That's what's happening. It's in terrible our culture. But I think the positive out of all this is I think the world is ripe for some positive good news. Some that something that will give you security, like even what you're talking about, in dealing hope and dealing joy. I yep. mean, look, suffering and difficulty and pain and persecution it leads to perseverance, and God is faithful in all that. Right. And you appreciate God's grace and goodness and security once you experience that. That's why this is happening. Peace of mind, Al. I've been saying it for many years. It's a rare commodity. It is. Plus, it's all relative. You know, I, we're like experiencing this, and, and it is. I mean, for our world we live in. But I go to Liberia, and I'm talking to these brothers, and they're like, you can get on a plane and fly somewhere? Like, is that real? Is that Does that really happen? <laughs> but yeah, Al, that's how I imagine? got here. I mean, they, they have no idea. That That's such so far down the line from their reality, <laughs> they don't even know you can get on a plane. Well, my whole point is, can, now we are looking at this, but can you imagine being people in this assembly? I mean, because I guarantee you there's some assemblies out there and there's some churches where they're looking around like, this is absolute chaos and misery, This to be a, being a part of this. And I think that's why in, earlier he he brought that up about in chapter 10 and 13 saying no temptation has seized you there's a way out yeah. he's not going to tempt you beyond what you can bear as bad as this situation is that's a good point there is a path there is a way i even thought about that when he brought up the deal about pastors get making money for for different churches well that's all great unless you have a, a church where the pastor is preaching and he's not very good you know what do you do because he's like he's making this is his job and he's doing it he's just not very good that's a good so point like, what what how do we handle this situation yeah we know this is going on oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's god's ideal and he has every right to make his money from preaching and but you're at that church and he just you just feel like he should be doing something else that's right it wasn't his so gift what, what do we do here you know i mean i don't know y'all are pastors <laughs> Shed some light on it. Maybe we can spend our bonus time talking about this. But how do you? How That's do what you... we're going to talk about. I just thought because we're almost out of time. So I know, but I, I feel people's frustration because you know we've all had these conversations where people at a church and they're they've lost their focus. But here they are. They're just like, but I've been going here my whole life. I mean, how? What do we do? What? That's why I try to focus on the big stuff because what he was saying is you focus on Jesus as Lord and you get you focus on faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. I mean, that's what we want to – that's the spark. That's where we want to get. All right. Well, we're done with this. Let's, uh, let's uh, talk about a little more of that in Unashamed Overtime, which, by the way, you get to – uh, by going to uh, blazetv.com slash unashamed is how you subscribe to be able to get the OT. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.